Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 60. Today we are looking at the idea of what it means to be holy to the Lord, what it means to be holy, set apart. And as we read through Deuteronomy, it might be very easy to assume that from looking at all these miscellaneous laws we're going to read through in these chapters, that God is saying, you must do all these things perfectly. That's how you get holy. And really what he's saying is, you were slaves in Egypt. Don't forget that. I rescued you. And this is how I want you to now to live. So God's saying holy people are people who respond to God's saving grace and live differently. And Jesus will echo the same thing when we look at Luke chapter 11, where he teaches them how to pray. He speaks about what it means to be clean on the inside rather than just the outside and how a change comes from God that leads to being holy to God as a response, living out a holy life in response to his grace to us. So let's begin with Deuteronomy chapter 23. A man with crushed or severe genitals may not enter the assembly of the Lord. A person of illegitimate birth may not enter the assembly of the Lord. To the tenth generation, no one related to him may do so. No Ammonite or Moabite may enter the assembly of the Lord. To the tenth generation, none of their descendants ever do so, shall ever do so. For they did not meet you with food and water as you came from Egypt. And furthermore, they hired Balaam, son of Beor, of Pethor, in Aram to curse you. But the Lord your God refused to listen to Balaam and changed the curse to a blessing, for the Lord your God loves you. You must not seek peace and prosperity for them through all the ages to come. You must not hate an Edomite, for he is your relative. You must not hate an Egyptian, for you lived as a foreigner in his land. Children in the third generation born to them may enter the assembly of the Lord. When you go out as an army against your enemies, guard yourselves against anything impure. If there is someone among you who is impure, impure because of a nocturnal admission, he must leave the camp. He may not re-enter it immediately. When evening arrives, he must wash himself with water, and then at sunset he may re-enter the camp. You are to have a place outside the camp to serve as a latrine. You must have a spade among your other equipment, and when you relieve yourself outside, you must dig a hole with a spade and then turn and cover your excrement. For the Lord your God walks about you, in the middle of the camp, to deliver you and defeat your enemies for you. Therefore your camp should be holy, so that he does not see anything indecent among you and turn away from you. You must not return an escaped slave to his master when he has run away to you. Indeed, he may live among you in any place he chooses, in whichever of your villages he prefers. You must not oppress him. There must never be a sacred prostitute among the young women of Israel, nor a sacred male prostitute among the young men of Israel. You must never bring the pay of a female prostitute or the wage of a male prostitute into the temple of the Lord your God in fulfillment of any vow, for both of these are, in horbit, uh, are abhorrent to the Lord your God. You must not charge interest on a loan to your fellow Israelite, whether of money, food, or anything else that has been loaned with interest. 
You may lend with interest to a foreigner, but you not to your fellow Israelite. If you keep this command, the Lord your God will bless you and all you undertake in the land you are about to enter to possess. When you make a vow to the Lord your God, you must not delay in fulfilling it, for otherwise he will surely hold you accountable as a sinner. If you refrain from making a vow, it will not be sinful. Whatever you vow, you must be careful to do what you have promised, such as what you have vowed to the Lord your God as a freewill offering. When you enter the vineyard of your neighbor, you may eat as many grapes as you please, but you must not take any away in a container. When you go into the ripe grain fields of your neighbor, you may pluck off the kernels with your hand, but you must not use a sickle on your neighbor's ripe grain. If a man marries a woman and she does not please him because he has found something indecent in her, then he may draw up a divorce document, give it to her, and evict her from his house. When she has left him, she may go and become someone else's wife. If the second husband rejects her and then divorces her, gives her the papers and evicts her from his house, or if the second husband who married her dies, her first husband who divorced her is not permitted to remarry her after she has become richly impure, for that is offensive to the Lord. You must not bring guilt on the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. When a man is newly married, he need not go into the army nor be obligated in any way. He must be free to stay at home for a full year and bring joy to the wife he has married. One must not take either lower or upper millstones as security on a loan, for that is like taking a life itself as security. If a man is found kidnapping a person from among his fellow Israelites and regards him as merely property and sells him, that kidnapper must die. In this way you will purge the evil from among you. Be careful during an outbreak of leprosy to follow precisely all that the Levitical priests instruct you. As I have commanded them, so should you do. Remember what the Lord your God did to Miriam along the way after you left Egypt. When you make any kind of loan to your neighbor, you may not go into his house to claim what he is offering as security. You must stand outside and the person to whom you are making the loan will bring it out to you and what he is offering as security. If the person is poor, you may not use what he gives you as security for a covering. You must by all means return it to him at sunset, the item he gave you as security so that he may sleep in his outer garment and bless you for it. It will be considered a just deed by the Lord your God. You must not oppress a lowly and poor servant, whether one from among your fellow Israelites or from the resident foreigners who are living in your land and villages. You must pay his wage that, that very day before the sun sets, for he is poor and his life depends on it. Otherwise he will cry out to the Lord against you, and you will be guilty of sin. Fathers must not be put to death for what their children do, nor children for what their fathers do. Each must be put to death for his own sin. You must not pervert justice due to a foreigner or an orphan, or to take a widow's garment as security for a loan. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Therefore, I am commanding you to do all this. Whenever you reap your harvest in your field and leave some unraked grain there, you must not return to it to get it. It should go to the resident foreigner, orphan, and widow, so that the Lord your God may bless all the work that you do. When you beat your olive tree, you must not repeat the procedure. The remaining olives belong to the resident foreigner, orphan, and widow. When you gather the grapes of your vineyard, you must not do so a second time. They should go to the resident foreigner, orphan, and widow. Remember that you were slaves in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I am commanding you to do all this. If controversy arises between people, they should go to, the, to court for judgment. When the judges hear the case, they shall exonerate the innocent but condemn the guilty. 
Then, if the guilty person is sentenced to a beating, the judge should force him to lie down and be beaten in his presence with the number of blows his wicked behavior deserves. The judge may sentence him to 40 blows, but no more. If he is struck with more than these, you might view your fellow Israelite with contempt. You must not muzzle your ox when he is treading grain. If brothers live together and one of them dies without having a son, the dead man's wife must not remarry someone outside the family. Instead, her late husband's brother must go to her, marry her, and perform the duty of a brother-in-law. Then the first son she bears will continue the name of the dead brother, thus preventing his name from being blotted out of Israel. But if the man does not want to marry his brother's widow, then she must go to the elders of the town gate and say, My brother's... My husband's brother refuses to preserve his brother's name in Israel. He is unwilling to perform the duty of a brother-in-law to me. Then the elders of the city must summon him and speak to him. If he persists, saying, I don't want to marry her, then his sister-in-law must approach him in the view of the elders, remove his sandal from his foot, and spit in his face. She will then respond, Thus may it be done to any man who does not maintain his brother's family line. His family name will be referred to in Israel as the family of the one whose sandal was removed. If two men get into a hand-to-hand fight, and the wife of the one of them gets involved to help her husband against his attacker, and she reaches out her hand and grabs his private parts, then you must cut off her hand, do not pity her. You must not have in your bag different stone weights, a heavy and a light one. You must not have in your house different measuring containers, a large and a small one. You must have accurate and correct stone and accurate and correct measuring container so that your life may be extended in the land the Lord your God is giving you. For anyone who acts dishonestly in these ways is abhorrent to the Lord your God. Remember what the Amalekites did to you on the way from Egypt, how they met you along the way and cut off all your stragglers in the rear of the march when you were exhausted and tired. They were unafraid of God. So when the Lord your God gives you relief from all your enemies who surround you in the land he is going to give you as an inheritance, you must wipe out the memory of the Amalekites from under heaven. Do not forget. When you enter the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and you occupy it and live in it, you must take the first of all the ground's produce you harvest from the land the Lord your God is giving you, place it in a basket, and go to the place where he chooses to locate his name. You must go to the priest in office at that time and say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord has promised to our ancestors to give us. The priest will then take the basket from you and set it before the altar of the Lord your God. Then you must affirm before the Lord your God, saying, A wandering Aramean was my ancestor, and he went down to Egypt and lived there as a foreigner with a household few in number. But there he became a great, powerful, and numerous people. But the Egyptians mistreated and oppressed us, forcing us to do some burdensome labor. So we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and he heard us and saw our humiliation, toil, and oppression. Therefore the Lord brought us up out of Egypt with tremendous strength and power, as well as with great awe-inspiring signs and wonders. Then he brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now look, I have brought the first of the ground's produce that you, Lord, have given me. Then you must set it down before the Lord your God and worship before him. You will celebrate all the good things that the Lord your God has given you and your family, along with the Levites and the resident foreigners among you. When you finish tithing all of your income in the third year, the year of tithing, you must give it to the Levites, the resident foreigners, the orphans, and the widows, so that they may eat to their satisfaction in your villages. Then you shall say before the Lord your God, 
I have removed the sacred offering from my house and given it to the Levites, the resident foreigners, the orphans, and the widows, just as you have commanded me. I have not violated or forgotten your commandments. I have not eaten anything when I was in mourning or removed any of it while ceremonially unclean or offered any of it to to the dead. I have obeyed you and have done everything you have commanded me. Look down from your holy place in heaven and bless your people, the people of Israel and the land you have given us, just as you promised our ancestors, a land flowing with milk and honey. Today the Lord your God is commanding you to keep these statutes and ordinances, something you must do with all your heart and soul. Today you have declared the Lord to be your God, and that you will walk in his ways, keep his statutes, commandments, and ordinances, and obey him. And today the Lord has declared to be you to be his special people, as he already has promised you, so that you may keep all his commandments. Then he will elevate you above all the nations he has made, and you will receive praise, fame, and honor. You will be a people holy to the Lord your God, as he has said. So I hope you notice as we work through all these different laws, lots of different things happening here, that uh, Moses is making it clear to the people on God's behalf that God has rescued them, has brought them to this new land, and has called them in response to his love and his grace and his mercy to live this new life and to live these laws out as a way of worshiping God, as a way of honoring God, and as a way of recognizing God's saving grace in their lives. And now we conclude with Luke chapter 11, where Jesus makes it clear that he wants people to obey the law, yes, but to do so from a heart that's been changed, not just in an outward fashion. And we'll see how he describes that in the passage today. Luke 11. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he stopped, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us and do not lead us into temptation. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine has stopped here while on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. Then he will reply from inside, do not bother me. The door is already shut and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though the man inside will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of the first man's sheer persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, although you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, he was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the man had be- who had been mute began to speak, and the crowds were amazed. But some of them said, By the power of Beelzebub, the ruler of demons, he casts out demons. Others, to test him, began asking for a sign from heaven. But Jesus, realizing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is destroyed, and a divided household falls. So if Satan, too, is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? I ask you this, because you claim that I cast out demons by Beelzebub. 
Now, if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has already overtaken you. When a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his possessions are safe. But when a stronger man attacks and conquers him, he takes away the first man's armor on which the man relied and divides up his spoil, the splendor. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When an unclean spirit goes out of a person, it passes through waterless places looking for rest, but does not find any. Then it says, I will return home to the home I left. When it returns, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they go in and live there. So the last state of that person is worse than the first. As Jesus said these things, a woman in the crowd spoke to him, saying, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts at which you nursed. But he replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. As the crowds were increasing, Jesus began to say, This generation is a wicked generation. It looks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. For just as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so the Son of Man will be a great sign to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with the people of this generation and condemn them, because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and now something greater than Solomon is here. The people of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, because they repented when Jonah preached to them, and now something greater than Jonah is here. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a hidden place or under a basket, but on a lampstand, so that those who come in can see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light, but when it is diseased, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, see to it that the light in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, with no part of it in the dark, it will be as full of light as when the light of a lamp shines on you. As Jesus spoke, a Pharisee invited him to have a meal with him, so he went in and took his place at the table. The Pharisee was astonished when he saw that Jesus did not first wash his hands before the meal. But the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and plate, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness, you fools. Didn't the one who made the outside make the inside as well? But give from your heart to those in need, and then everything will be clean for you. But woe to you, Pharisees, you give a tenth of your mint, rue, and every herb, Yet you neglect justice and love for God. But you should have done these things without neglecting the others. Woe to you, Pharisees! You love the best seats in the synagogues and elaborate greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you! You are like unmarked graves and people walk over them without realizing it. One of the experts in religious law answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us too. But Jesus replied, Woe to you, experts in the religious law as well. You load down people with burdens difficult to bear, yet you yourselves refuse to touch the burdens with even one of your fingers. Woe to you! You build the tombs of the prophets whom your ancestors killed. So you testify that you approve of the deeds of your ancestors because they killed the prophets, and you build their tombs. For this reason also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and persecute, so that this generation may be held accountable for the blood of all the prophets that have been shed since the beginning of the world from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. 
Yes, I tell you, it will be charged against this generation. Woe to you experts in religious law. You have taken away the key to knowledge. You did not go in yourselves, and you hindered those who were going in. When Jesus went out from there, the experts in the law and the Pharisees began to oppose him bitterly and to ask him hostile questions about many things, plotting against him to catch him in something he might say. And so Jesus is making it very clear to these most religious people, the people who seem to obey the law the most, that if you're doing this only in an outward fashion, you are doing nothing of any value, but that Jesus is calling people to have a personal relationship with God, one that's based on God's grace and his mercy and his forgiving love, and that when that change has been happening on the inside of you, it will lead you to obey God's law as a way of pleasing God and a way of thanking God and a way of living for the one who has rescued you. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You were always there.